Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. What up, everybody? Welcome back to The Process. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. We're going to talk fantasy football and get ourselves right for the week. That's what we do here if you're new to the show. Welcome to first-time offenders. If you've been listening, we love repeat offenders. Excited to be talking with everybody. Week three of NFL action. We're going to break it down, talk about the fantasy implications so that we can crush it. Really quickly, before we get too far down the rabbit trail, for the new folks, where can you find us? Where can you keep up with us? www.tigerbombsae.com. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment has a website. We have uh, a bunch of podcasts, football, fantasy baseball, true crime, NASCAR, is a lot of stuff. So if you want to take a listen, that's where you would do it. There's a page for the process. You can click on the process page and you can listen to this podcast there. If you are a person who wants to listen to podcasts on the go, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all that, we got your back. Just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. This podcast will come up. You can like and subscribe and keep up that way. If you're a social media person, want to hang out on Facebook and Twitter, excuse me, we can do that too. At the process, T-B-S-A-E. Get some last minute start Sims question answered. Something like that. Guys, this is the best free information you're going to find on the interwebs. I do the research. I'm using trusted resources. I'm giving this information to you guys free and clear so we can win together. The process is about crushing it in seasonal but also crushing it in daily because when we're winning in season, it gets a little boring. And so we'll have to switch gears and go to daily fantasy football sites like DraftKings, FanDuel, and show them what we know. So that's what this podcast is all about. Maybe you only know a little bit about football. Maybe you know a lot. I'm adding to your knowledge. This isn't me lecturing, sound better than you. The best free information you guys are going to find. Use it. Make yourself sound credible. Call me on my stuff if it's ever wrong, but I do a lot of research so that we ain't wrong. All right, before we get on into week three, we do need to talk about uh, just a few notes from week two, some stuff that we saw. Then we can get into our usual segments uh, for the show. Lions go hard to start the game. Going forward on fourth, getting the safety after turning it over on the two-yard line. Commanders also... Going for it on fourth, going for it on two. But for the commanders, this stuff adds up. They could have won this football game had they just played a conventional football game. But Riverboat Ron, you know, trying to up the ante so much and, uh, you know, uh, go for it in unconventional scenarios. And then you guys end up outsmarting yourselves out of the game. Sometimes you can win with what you have on the field and it's the coaching that holds you back. That's one of those scenarios right there. Jalen Waddle is electric. If you've been missing it, the Fins feel aggressive. They feel aggressive right from the beginning of that game. Then they get knocked back a little, and then they come right back. Hill just burned Marcus Peters late in the fourth quarter. Just burned him. The Fins are doing it right now. Fins up. Shanahan, this is the Shanahan offense with RPOs. Plus the play actions. I mean, with two deadly wide receivers, we're seeing exactly what you can aspire to in that offense. For some reason, Shanahan doesn't do RPOs in an offense that is pretty tailor-made for it. 
But what we saw this week is Miami utilizing um, some concepts that they don't do in San Francisco. It's cool when you see a coach branch off and take his own sort of uh, ideas and philosophies about the offense and mature it. That's what we're seeing in Miami right now. And they've got the weapons to do it. They, they didn't rebuild anything. They took what was there, retooled a little, and turned this out. So incredible. Oh, my God. Bateman uh, with incredible, impeccable footwork. Lamar was having his way early on in that game. I mean, the, the Ravens got up. Pretty big on Miami, um, but just couldn't seal it. Jets, why aren't the routes quicker? The Cleveland line was doing God's work against the Jets offensive line last week. So not sure why they wouldn't just shorten up the routes a little bit. Panthers need to think about what's happening in the passing game or what's not happening. The Panthers' low time possession continues to hurt all the fantasy owners of all those players. Eagles won the battle up front for their for their game. Raiders' defensive front was completely gassed at the end of that game with Arizona. You get Kyler Murray running all around because these guys are gassed. Nathaniel Hackett, trying to see how fast an NFL coach can get fired into his first season. Go for records, bro. Physical as expected between the Bucks and the Saints. Lattimore might be winning those football battles, but Evans is whooping them in those fights. I'll tell you, uh, I, I didn't think he was going to be ready, but Michael Thomas looked the part. Saints turned the ball over a few times. Bad Jameis, we know it's a Jekyll and Hyde app. Bad Jameis was out for show. But they definitely could have won that football game too. Bengals definitely struggled as expected, but more so against the pass as opposed to the run. They got caught off guard early, and the Cowboys' D played pretty well, well enough to never surrender the lead back. Micah Parsons is a force and uh, the boomer bust secondary played to the boom this week for the Cowboys, Buffalo bills, too much sauce, baby. We'll see what Pat Mahomes and company have for them down the line. Drake London outperformed his projections this week and seems to be coming along really well in Atlanta right about now. Wasn't hard to see how the 49ers felt about old Jimmy G stepping in. For Trey Lance there. All smiles in the huddle. All smiles in the huddle in that one, if you noticed. Uh, here are the Bears we know. They can't stop the run. And also the Packers had a problem stopping the run, too. This is a note we need to take for future weeks. That's what we saw last week. Now we can march forward to this week, and we'll start with uh, a lot of folks' favorite segment, a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping, housekeeping, me fluff your pillow, me fix your team, housekeeping. All right, on to a little housekeeping. Just a little bit of housekeeping this week because we really got out of the season onto a, a strong footing and so we don't want to tinker too much if it's not too necessary. The number one housekeeping note that we do have for this week though Christian Kirk is our trade target. We'll talk about trade targets when we can in housekeeping. Christian Kirk is a trade target now. Not somebody I was very high on at the start of the season. Didn't mention him in the first two preseason episodes that we did. Um, knew what the role would be, but wasn't sold on the on the results. 
but you can't argue with results. Now, we're not going to get too infatuated with numbers because if you listened last week, you know we don't do that until past week four, but there's some things that we cannot deny categorically. So as Christian Kirk is concerned, he has a PFF pro football focus, PFF receiving grade of 80, number eight among 57 receivers with 10 plus targets this season. Yards per route run, 2.79. That's number 11, just outside the top 10. Yards per reception, 16.3, number 8. That's in the top 10. Yards after catch per reception, 7.1. That's 7 out of the top 10. Targets per route run, number 26, 22.9%. All this to say, this guy's cooking right now. So if you're hurting that wide receiver and you're looking for a target, this is somebody that makes sense. You don't... uh, to traditionally want to go trade for somebody who is uh, going to be on the downside or hasn't had their bye week yet, but for right for his role is cemented. We know he's a bye week coming up still, but they're paying a lot of attention to him. And so again, if you've got problems at wide receiver, injuries at wide receiver, you're looking for somebody. It's him. It's like oh Ralph, it's him and Greg Dortch, right? No, Dortch's role is not cemented because once. Uh, D-Nug comes back, you know, Hopkins comes back, what do we see from him then? He goes so far down the pecking order. And so we're halfway through that suspension for Hopkins. Kirk is the real deal. It's the first housekeeping note. Second note, we're still not that worried about stats yet. I know we just talked about some stats there, but but at this point, traditionally, don't worry about it. It's only a couple of games. It's nothing yet. Those aren't stats. Three games, that's a trend. Four games, that's stats. Right now, what we have are illusions that we want to believe to either make us feel better about what we're seeing or make us feel comfortable with what we're seeing. So don't worry about it, guys. It's only two games. Like The NFL has so many different schemes and coaching styles and scenarios. You can't take a two-game sample and say, This is everything empirical. So don't get too worried about the stats yet. You're going to notice in this episode and in the last episode, there wasn't a lot of stats. And there's not going to be that many numbers next week either. We're not there yet. I'm not going to pump your minds up. We're going to talk about what we see on the field. That's what's most important. Stats will come later. Third housekeeping note for this week is how we did last week's seasonal and DFS. Seasonal. Uh, pretty good with the leagues, like two losses, I think. But the important part is almost uh, no leagues with two losses. Like, you know, 500 worst case scenario across the board, except for the uh, pro football championship leagues. Or, you know, the, uh, what is it, the PFFC. I always forget the name. There's so many acronyms during the week, guys. But. But my pro football championship league, my pro team, that's the one that's 0-2. But you know what? You keep pressing on. And also for those pro leagues, listen, you don't, there's no trades. So it's like that's why drafting is important. But I'm also not going to panic, and you shouldn't panic if you're 0-2 as well. We already know we're not pushing a bunch of buttons yet because we're not at the three-loss threshold mark without having six wins. But you've got to first of all make sure that the problem is in you and what you have. Take And this goes into the fourth uh, point I guess which we can kind of allude to now for housekeeping which is a depth chart so you got to reorder that if it's not working Mark Cooper didn't play him the first week 
Problems about Jacoby Brissett. Concerns, I should say. Played him this week. Great last-minute start for me uh, in that league. And my opponent had Najee Harris. So I'm off to a lead this week. Look at what you have. Look at what you have. It's a league where you can't trade. So you've got to be savvy and decide what's there. There's a fab budget. All that matters. And so it's not time to throw the baby out with the bathwater yet. we got a lot of football left to play. Nobody's out of it. Are you scoring points? Are you not scoring points? Just take notes right now. Because the time is almost near to do something, but you got to have a sample size to work with. You're going to be kicking yourself if you get rid of somebody and they snap off after this. Sometimes roles take time to mature in the NFL. That's the whole point. Fourth point, depth chart, stick to it. We're not going to play the carousel game. This is why I don't like carrying two quarterbacks. Oh, this guy's in a better matchup. We got to play this guy. You are not going to play the carousel game and come up with a better matchup every week. It's just not possible. Statistically, if you pick a starter, stick with that person, you're going to win more week than not. So just like we talked about from the preseason, we have depth chart. We stick to it. That's how we're going to win football. We stay the course right now. We're only heading into week three. As far as DFS goes, uh, one tournament lineup made a little noise. Cash lineup didn't cash, but not for anything we didn't do. This wasn't like week one where we missed the picks. Uh, Connor get hurt, gets hurt, leaves the game. But also, Jerry Judy gets hurt in the first quarter, leaves the game. Uh, puts up like 2.3 points on DraftKings. So I ended up 10 points out of the money. You know, we're talking 10 points from, you know, you know three figures on DraftKings. 10 points from hundreds of dollars. You are not going to give me to believe. Because I didn't cash there. That I made bad picks this week. The golf pick was the right pick. Everybody else is on the wins. It pays to be different. A couple hundred bucks makes your lineup a little different. You can pay for a different defense. A couple hundred bucks matters there. But from a scenario of did we lose last week? Yes, I didn't cash it back. But the picks weren't losses. If you guys listen to those picks, you probably did fine. Because I did fine outside of those things. you telling me that I had to have two players go down. In the game, and one of them in the first quarter for me to just barely, by 10, 9 points, not cash the money. Like, we're on to something. Took what we saw in week one, and we capitalized on it for week two. On a roll. Feeling much better about what's happening for week three because we're gaining knowledge. So, we're not going to panic. We're going to stay the course. Guys, that's our housekeeping notes for this week, and hopefully your house is tidy now. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. It's time for everybody's, uh, I'm not going to say everybody's favorite segment, but a liked segment, I should say. Uh, Would You Rather. Let's talk about who we would rather this week. We'll look at um, 12 different conundrums and go over it. So Brandon Ayuk versus Michael Carter to start. I would go with... Carter here. Ayuk, I'm down on a little bit because of Lance coming out. I think that's one guy that loses a little bit of value just because stretching the field, not so much with Jimmy G, probably more of the under routes. So I'm a little down on Ayuk. Tough matchup with Denver, but also Michael Carter. Tough matchup of his own this week, but against the Bengals, but he's in he's involved in the passing game. He's involved in the running game. 
He's sharing time in the backfield. Uh, even if they're down, he's going to have to be, you know, a part of, you know, those check down passes that Flacco loves just to kind of keep the drive moving. He caught six passes two weeks ago. So I, I'm, I would probably go with him being Michael Carter over Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk or Brees Hall, another Ayuk question. Uh, in this one, I think it's the same thing for the same thing. It's Brees Hall. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the same jet. The reasoning that we use Brees Hall against uh, or Michael Carter against Ayuk, we'd use Brees Hall too. Tricky stuff there. Melvin Gordon the third or Joshua Palmer? I would say Palmer this week, just just for this week. Uh, it's Palmer's a thing as long as Keenan Allen is out. If Keenan Allen was to play, then... Palmer becomes less of an ordeal. But even, um, you know, Melvin Gordon, obviously not, you know, the, having the same exact role as he had last year where he was more of the one to the one-two. Um, this year he's obviously more of the two to the one-two. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm leaning Palmer this week because of that, I would have to say. Um, and then also the other thing too is, the matchup, I think, is probably not one to where uh, Gordon can succeed alongside Javante as well, I don't think. So I would just go ahead and just say Palmer um, just because of the role. But then again, um, with Herbert being hurt, Eckler may see more work. We'll just go with Gordon. We'll take Gordon. I'm not too keen about running against San Francisco, but we'll, fine. We'll, we'll do it. Okay. Don't mean to flip-flop on you guys. Curtis Samuel or Brees Hall? I would take Curtis Samuel this week. His depth of target, he's a thing for Washington. They paid him to come over. He's been involved. Uh, you guys are going to see him recommending him later on as well. Definitely Curtis Samuel in a game that they should be trailing. And his depth of target is perfect for the type of passes that I think that Wentz will have to settle for as they try to keep up or come back. Rashad Bateman or Brees Hall? I would probably roll with uh, Brees Hall just because, well, I mean, it depends. Like, if it's more of a cash game setting, Brees Hall. If it's more of a seasonal setting, Brees Hall. But if it's a tournament, you're looking for upside, then I go with Rashad Bateman. The problem with Bateman has not been the results. The problem is the lack of production. If they're only looking at you five targets, right, four targets, three targets, six targets, that's not a lot, right? Six targets would be good. But under that is, like, it's getting pretty precarious. And so – just because he doesn't have a defined role, and we know that Mark Andrews is is the first receiver, and we know that Lamar will take off after that, like I, I won't be recommending him over Breeze Hall here. Breeze Hall, Curtis Samuel or Josh Jacobs? Jacobs had the illness, so I'm a little down on him. It's a nice matchup, but I'm going to say Curtis Samuel again. Jacobs didn't even travel with the team, so we'll just see what becomes of that. If he does play, I'm thinking. Probably healthy and good to go, but maybe we'll still put split time with Brandon Bolden. So we'll have to see. But I would go with Curtis Samuel. Alvin Kamara or Garrett Wilson. Kamara's banged up this week, and it is a tougher matchup against the Panthers. They can allow uh, running backs to catch the ball out of the backfield, though. But Kamara's health is in question. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson in the obvious trailing scenario where we know that they're going to have to um, pass. And I think that Flacco has shown a propensity to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. Like, he understands that, like, if I want to make people happy, I probably better get the ball to the receiver that they just, 
you know what I mean, like went out of their way to bring in or whatever. So it's a scenario to where I think he could enable him as they because they won't win that football game, I don't think. But just the whole idea that, oh, they're going to have to try to move the ball downfield to come back um, or, or attempt to put points on the board to make it not look look so ugly, we should say. That's probably more relevant um, for, for, for that one. Thielen or Cam Akers. I like Thielen this week. Softer matchup for him. Uh, they're going against Detroit. Uh, it's at home. I think the Cousins will be able to spread it around a little bit. But my question is, will he have to be able to spread it around? Or will he be able to just go to his guy, Jefferson? I don't know. But I like Thielen. It's a good matchup for him. Cam Akers. Uh, don't dislike him. It's not a terrible matchup. Uh, they should be ahead, the Rams, and so there should be an opportunity to get runs and touches. But I'll go with Thielen. Travis Etienne or Chris Olave. Uh, tough matchup uh, for Tampa Bay this week, but I'll go Olave because they're making such a concerted effort to get him the ball. Etienne is definitely the third down or receiving back as opposed to the first and second down back to Robinson. Etienne, if you saw that first game, he just didn't look ready, guys. I just, I'm out on it. I take Olave. Keenan Allen or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Allen coming back a little banged up, a game they should win. I think they shouldered the defense on that one, so I'm not sure that Allen has to do too much. I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a game that the uh, Chiefs should be winning, and so they should be trying to run down the clock. And then Rashad Bateman or Damian Pierce. Pierce so popular this week probably for DraftKings, going up against the Bears defense, can't stop the run. He's a good play. We'll take him over Bateman um, because of the uncertainty of Bateman's touches, as we mentioned. And then Damian Pierce or Garrett Wilson this week. We'll take Pierce again in that one as well. All right. Well, that is our would you rather for the week. Now you guys know who I would rather. Hopefully it helps you figure out who you would rather. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, guys, it's that time of the week. We're going to go ahead and reload. We'll first talk about Pittsburgh and Cleveland really quickly. Cleveland won that game off the shoulders of the running game. No surprise there. Pittsburgh needs better quarterback play. Tomlin's going to stick with his guys now and um, see what happens. But it's not looking promising. They've got some weapons, but Trubisky truly unable to activate them. Cleveland, we all know what they're looking to do. Hold on to, to Deshaun gets back and... You hate to lose last week, but you get on the rebound this week, and we'll see what uh, week four holds for Cleveland Browns. Reload. On the Sunday, Baltimore at New England. I'm I'm expecting New England to not put up a lot of points here, but I'm also expecting their defense to try to do a pretty decent job. I think the, the path to victory against New England is probably, you know, on the ground more so. So Lamar. And hopefully Dobbins. I like Dobbins if he gets back. I'm out on the runners individually if he doesn't get back. And I'm just okay with Lamar. But I like Lamar and Dobbins if Lamar is back. Or if Dobbins is back. As far as the receivers go, I'm not going to play pick them with those guys. It's Andrews or Bust. If you're in seasonal play Andrews for DFS, I'm probably not going to play Andrews. It's not a great matchup against New England. On the New England side of things, I like Damian Harris. I know Stevens, Ramon Stevenson Ramond Stevenson's hanging around. I know there's the health um, question going on in the backfield, but I'm just going to play with Harris this week because of the 
path to victory against this Baltimore defense. You can obviously run with them a little bit. He's the first and second down back. So I just want to take advantage of that with New England at home this week. I do like him. They're not going to win this game, but I like them to try to slow it down, play defense, and keep the game close. Eventually, Baltimore blows out the top, though. Reload. Kansas City going up against Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Oh, boy. Gus Bradley. Coach Gus Bradley. He's bringing over his defense that he was running um, with the Chargers before. So Kansas City is pretty familiar on how uh, Indy is going to want to play them with a two-high shell. It's not like there's some defense that does well against Mahomes. But particularly, this is probably not going to do well. He should have his way. I expect a bounce-back game from Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot. I think Edwards Hilaire will get some chance to run the clock down a little bit, but they may want to let Pacheco, depending on the score. Uh, but Kelsey's definitely in play. Mahomes will spread it around if he needs to, but he'll probably be able to get it to Kelsey. And their defense is shining this game for real because of on the other side of things, Matt Ryan ha- hasn't looked great when there's been adversity. He, by adversity, he didn't have his all his receiving core last week. Without Pittman, he looked lost. He should get Pittman back this week. Is he 100%? No. But he will have him at least. I just don't think there's enough there. I think it's another bad game for him. Not a terrible game, but a bad game. I think Kansas City's defense plays well. For Indy's part, they're going to have to try to um, get the ball out of his hands quickly, run the football uh, with Taylor, use their bevy of tight ends, however they want to use them. But I just don't see a lot of success. Taylor, you play him in seasonal, you feel fine. He's probably too expensive in DFS world for a game that they're going to lose. Kansas City wins on the road. Reload. New Orleans going to Carolina. This divisional game, always tough, but I think New Orleans outlasts Carolina. Carolina, pretty tough against the run on the ground, but they will, again, as we said in the last segment, um, would you rather they will let the running back catch some passes. So a healthy Kamara, I will be in on it, but he's been a little banged up. It's ribs. I don't know. I'm you know, feeling like there's going to be a split, obviously, with Ingram. Ingram probably has a little more success than he usually does. I like what I saw from him last week. And so I know he's dealing with some small injury issues himself. But he should be fine enough to keep the offense moving. They don't do stellar numbers for us to blow up the pond in DFS world. As far as Jameis and the offense goes, I mean, you can't trust him from week to week. And this isn't a soft enough matchup to take the chance. I think one of the receivers can be enabled by him. But I'm not sure who. It could be Thomas. It could be Olave. I mean, it could be Landry. They've got weapons, and it could be Kamara as the receiver that he's enabling. I would love to say Kamara, but again, the injury. I, what I will say is the Saints' defense is going to come through. They're going to shine this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to turn the football over for sure. Saints' defense should score some points. They look like the real deal. So I'm not sure how much the offense will even have to do in a game that the Saints should win on the road. Reload. Houston going to Chicago. Listen, Lovey coming back to the Bears. He should probably get a clap it up from the crowd. They're pretty appreciative of the things he did there. But besides that, this is all business. This is all football. Houston's got a little bit of a rush with Jerry Hughes. So I think that Fields will be under duress. Chicago O-line playing a little better than we thought, but they're still not great. So I think that Houston can cause a bit of problems. Chicago will have to get the ball out. So Komet has a chance to be in play for sure. I do like the opportunity more for Mooney this week, play action. I think Mooney can definitely thrive off that. We're going to use him in tournaments and try to take advantage of that. But the offense should be able to breathe a little little more. The offense should definitely have 
a little more success than it's been enjoying recently. By recently, what I mean is the Bears uh, have a pathetic 28 passing attempts in two games as the offense has no direction. They were they're down 17 points at a halftime last week, and they threw 11 passes all game. So I think that that opens up this week. But like I said, most people probably will be off of them because of the bad results. And so hopefully Mooney's not too heavily owned. Um, I do like Montgomery a lot, running the ball, path to victory here. I don't think the defense is that strong, so I'm interested in Cooks coming back on the other side. Nico Collins a little less, but I won't hate you for playing him. Pierce is obviously in play. Bears have had problems stopping the run. Uh, Tight ends, I'm not sure what Houston's going to do, so I'll probably stay away from that. But it should be a pretty well-contested game. Low 20s probably wins this one. I give it to Chicago at home, led by the running game. Reload. Buffalo going to Miami. This is a fun one. Miami wants to prove that they're not little brother. They finally have exercised the demon of the New England Patriots, and now they're looking to take care of the Buffalo Bills demon. Bills have had their number. Bills are probably still the better team, I think. I think that they forced them to play catch-up. The Miami defense isn't great, uh, but I think Buffalo has I, – I like Diggs. I like Allen's way to find whoever's open. Not necessarily Knox, but Diggs, uh, Davis if he goes, McKenzie. I don't have a problem with these guys. They should be at, you know, Buffalo's going to put the points up. Allen's in play. Singletary in the running game, less so. But I think that Buffalo puts the pressure on Miami. And then Buffalo's defense is great. So it's not going to be easy to pass against them. They want to put them in a position to pin their ears back and try to get at Tua. Miami's going to run their regular offense. Those running backs are going to run. I think they're going to mix it up. You're going to see maybe more Edmonds this week. But also, the passing game is in play. Off of the play action and the RPOs, trust me, they're going to give Buffalo all they can handle. And I will say um, I like Tariq Hill. I like Waddle. Waddle more so because if somebody gets stopped as Hill, Buffalo is a great defense, but the secondary is a little banged up right now. I think Miami has shown last week how dangerous they can be. So Buffalo is going to have to max it out and play hard. Um, even with those secondary injuries, I do think that Buffalo finds a way to win this one against Miami on the road. Reload. Next game is Detroit at Minnesota. The Lions are going on the road to take on the Vikings. And, um, you know, the Lions, I just, I, I golf is, you know, not as good on the road as he is at home. So they'll have to lean on Swift a little. I like Swift's chances for success in this game. He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry uh, before contact this season with the Detroit offensive line opening up some pretty big lanes for him. So I think he's in play uh, this game for sure for Detroit. Golf, you, you, he has all the weapons, guys. He has Shark. You know, he's obviously got Amon Ross St. Brown. Sun God's in play this week for sure. Minnesota secondary doesn't scare anybody. You expect a high total game, but I think the question you have to ask yourself is where does that fall apart? Where does that fall apart? It would be golf. We went to him last week because we didn't think people would. People would be on wins. Now we have to get off of him because people will be on him. And it's not that we go to Cousins. The problem with this game is there's going to be a lot of offense, but it's hard to say from who because both teams have runs and passing games that are in play. So, as I said, Swift's in play. Amon Rod, St. Brown's in play. Chark is in play. Um, you know, uh, 
the tight end for Detroit is in play. On the other side of things, Dalvin Cook, like him. That's a monster play for him. He's definitely in play against the Detroit run defense. But Jefferson's also in play. Thielen has a good chance to be productive. It could be a lot of offense here. Problem is it's going to be very, very, very popular. If I had to choose, I would say Amon Ross St. Brown and Dalvin Cook uh, and Swift are probably the players that I like the most in this game. Everything else I think is probably going to be overpopulated and I'm willing to overlook it. But rest assured, Minnesota wins this game at home for sure. Um, I don't know who the standout player is because, again, everybody's in such a good spot. But Detroit not really ready to go beat this divisional rival on the road, but they will play well. Reload. Cincinnati on the road going to the Jets looking for a bounce back here, and I think they'll get it. But the Cincinnati's defense has got problems, as we said. So Michael Carter coming out of the backfield, involved in the passing game. I like it. More less so Brees Hall, but Brees is in play too, I suppose. Uh Garrett Wilson, you know, garbage time trying to catch up because I think Cincinnati does win. And I think the running game is how you do it. The problem with the pass, you know, we've seen Burrow have too much time and then that creates problems downfield against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But last week it was a different scenario. Um, you know, didn't have a lot of time. It was kind of a it was the offensive line just also didn't play well last week either. But the problems were a little bit different. So here's the thing. You got to get the ball out quicker. The average A dot has got to come down. Depth of target. You can It'll go back up once you make them respect that range in the field. But right now, just dropping back and looking downfield, they've got to come up with something different other than that. Hopefully, full health of T, T. Higgins is going to help the intermediary game. But they need to get that going. And they also need to get... The running game going. Now, against the Jets, I like the idea less of the intermediary pass game and more of the idea of the run game. I do think that Mixon is in play for sure. It's a smash play. This is how you reset things. Hurst, questionable to play if he plays. I mean, I wonder what his health is like, but I like him. For seasonal, fine if that's who you're playing. DFS, I don't go out of my way for it. But like him against this Jets defense. In this game, the Cincinnati wins. Burrow, I can't play him in DFS, too expensive, because I expect them to lean on the run in the defense. So it's not that I don't expect him to be able to pull it off, but him and Chase are too expensive. And seasonal, you play them and you feel fine and don't worry about it. Uh, Jets side, I think that we talked about everybody that you would play in the game that they would lose anyway. Reload. Vegas Raiders going to the Tennessee Titans. I think these teams are so similar, you guys, like just where they are. I do like Tennessee uh, because they're at home and then the Raiders are traveling east for an early game. So these Western teams, it's like playing at 10 a.m. I don't like it. I'll give the edge to Tennessee for that. But Derrick Henry should be in play. The offensive line, not great for Tennessee, but this is a chance to shine. I like this opportunity against this weak Raiders defense. So I think you load them up. Uh, I would love to say I'm interested in Traylon Burke, but Robert Woods probably more so, I think, this week. Um Burke's still coming along, but Woods should be able to get some opportunity. Phillips is banged up. I know people want to say, well, what about him? But he's banged up, and so I like him a little less, and I like those two a little more. But obviously, it's just Derrick Henry, and so the receivers would be like you know, uh, tournament-type things. But Henry, that's a smash cash game sort of a deal. As far as Vegas goes, I like Carr. I like Devontae. I would like Jacobs, but as we talked about earlier, the illness has got him traveling, not with the team. 
Game time decision type scenario. Bolden steps in if he doesn't. We like Bolden if he doesn't play. If they both play, I think I like Bolden still. Maybe I shy away from it. But either way, Vegas is in a good spot too. Uh, if Jacobs doesn't play, I like Carr even more. You guys are going to see I'm recommending him for cash game purposes. But he becomes even more of a great play without Jacobs. Um, but Tennessee doesn't pause too many problems. Devontae Adams should have his way. I'm, I'm not really expecting any issues there, to be quite honest with you guys. Um, slot starter Elijah Molden is on the uh, pup list for the Titans. And then Christian Fulton missed uh, week two with a hamstring injury after logging DNPs, did not practice all week. So they're a little banged up. I think that Devontae could have his way. Mac Hollis interested in him. Renfro is out. Hollis definitely could provide some relief as well. Because, again, depending on the health of Jacobs, they could just, you know, pass. But, you know, it should be a fun game. Offense provided on both sides. But Tennessee ultimately wins on the back of Henry. Reload. Philly and Washington. I think Washington comes back down to earth now. Big game for them. But Philadelphia is the real deal and Washington ain't. I love the idea that Philly's going to go in there and have their way. Their run game should be potent. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of backs because it could be Scott. It could be Kenneth Gainwell. You know, it could be Miles Sanders. It could be uh, Jalen Hurts. Any of those guys could run it in for a touchdown or could, you know, anchor the run game. So we know we like the run game. Can't say who. You know, if you're playing these guys in seasonal, fine. Hurts, obviously, yes. Um, Scott, I probably wouldn't play in seasonal. Gainwell, neither. Playing Sanders, hope he's the lead, which just seems to be the case. But Washington doesn't scare us. The passing game, these guys are all in play. I I, I know Goddard's got a tougher matchup, but I still feel he's in play. Uh, A.J. Brown's in play for sure, but Devonta Smith's definitely in play. I don't know how much they'll have to do, though. I mean, I think that Philly's going to have their way with their offense, and so it'll be able to spread it around, and their defense is in play too. So it's a winnable game. So I don't think that the stats go crazy for any one person or group or personnel group. For the Washington side, you like Gibson for DFS too expensive. Seasonal play him for DFS too expensive, 6,400. I mean, they go to him inside the goal line a lot, and that's awesome. But I've seen him get stuffed a bunch too. So I've also seen them make a lot of weird decisions that uh, we just don't need that much volatility. But sure, Gibson definitely in play. Um, McKissick for tournaments. I don't mind that. I'm not going to play him for tournaments, but I don't mind that just because they'll probably have to be passing to keep up. Uh, but then, you know, the usual suspects are out there. McLaurin, Dotson. Of the two, I prefer McLaurin. But Dotson could definitely help cause some problems. Philadelphia is going to cause the bad wins to come out, though. I expect turnovers. They've played him before. They know him. Philly knows him. He played for Philly. I think that this is not a good spot for Washington. I just like Philly all around. They're going to win on the road. Reload. Jacksonville at the Chargers. Okay. Chargers should win this game going away. Jacksonville, the one thing I like is Christian Kirk, proven role. I don't think the Chargers are that great against the slot. And so we can definitely take a chance with Kirk because they'll have to be passing to try to stay in this one. Ingram, also at tight end, not a bad play. Robinson, I don't mind him either because he's going to catch a few passes. I know Etienne's probably more of a specialist that way, but I'm just not buying him. I saw the first game. I saw how ready he did not look, um, and I saw that this team saw it too, and they went back to James Robinson, so I'm okay with that. 
I don't have problems in tournaments going there. Jacksonville going to provide a little bit more serviceable offensive options than people are thinking. So I wouldn't pair them together when to stack them, but you want to bring one or two of them back. That's fine. A little worried about Herbert and the injury. So Eckler definitely like him a little more this week. Don't like any of the receivers just because of that. If he was healthy, Mike Williams, sure. Palmer, sure. But we just don't know. And so I'm going to stick with Eckler. And the Chargers defense should really lead the way. I think they're going to force a mistake or two from Lawrence and company to get a turnover. Uh, that's a terrific uh, defensive line they got, terrific pass rush, really. So I expect that to sort of be the difference maker uh, for the Chargers. Reload. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Green Bay had Lazard back. I know he's a little banged up still. There's another injury now. But as far as going to play Tampa Bay, listen, Tampa Bay is going to be tough against the run. I get that, but Green Bay can still utilize Aaron Jones in the running game and passing the ball to him. So I like Aaron Jones in this game. Rodgers has to get it out to somebody, right? Um, I don't know how well the game is going to go for the passing game. He just doesn't have enough weapons. I like the Bucks' defense here. Green Bay is going to have to scheme up something, and if they do, maybe Tunyon's involved. I don't know. But I can't recommend any of that stuff. I can't even recommend Lazard because of the coverage that he will see against the superior Tampa Bay secondary. Got to try to run those backs. I mean, if you got Dylan in seasonal, great. Uh, For DFS purposes, I like Jones. Um, If you want to play Dylan, that's fine too. But But they don't inspire offense. Tampa Bay's defense does. Fournette does. I think this can be a... Game where, because Green Bay a little tougher in the secondary. Plus, Tom's got a lot of injuries in the secondary. Julio Jones probably not going to play. I think Gage is probably going to suit up. But they got guys banged up and out still. Seems more like a Fournette opportunity to me. And so I do like him in the Bucks defense. I think the defense leads the way in a game that they win at home against Green Bay. Reload. Another Sunday afternoon, Diddy Rams traveling to Arizona. 49ers got the Rams number, but the Rams got the cards number. I think that continues this week. Arizona not full strength either. That's going to be a problem for Kyler Murray. But uh, Greg Dorch, I don't mind him. Uh, as he has to get it to somebody, he'll try to get it to Ertz. That'll be a little bit more difficult. Uh, Connor, if he's healthy, yep. You know, you can plug him in if he'll find seasonal. I think DFS, I stay away because of the health issue. But I really don't like Arizona here. The Rams, I like, you know, them. I like the Rams D. I'm not going to play the Rams D this week. Uh, There are cheaper things that entice me more. But I think the Rams win this game. Cooper Cup is in play for sure. The running backs are in play. I I don't have a problem with you want to play the running backs. You got Henderson. You got Akers. You could play either of them. If it's DFS, I'm probably playing neither of them. But if you got Allen Robinson, you can play him and feel fine about it too. I think the Rams continue to get better. I do like Stafford this week, especially for DraftKings for you know cash game purposes. I think that uh, because Arizona provides a little bit of a challenge to run against, I do like him uh, as the facilitator of the offense. But I do like those running backs still. If you're fine playing them in seasonal, just because they'll have to catch some passes. So if you want to take a chance on one of them, that's okay. I won't take a chance on either. As I said for DFS though. But I don't think Arizona's going to be big brother in a game with a short with weapons. They're not going to be able to run around like they did against the Raiders last week. Aaron Donald, uh uh-uh, ain't having that. Rams win on the road. Reload. 
Atlanta at Seattle. This should be an interesting football game. Atlanta hasn't been bad in the secondary, but here's the deal, guys. Seattle, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Seattle hasn't been bad in the secondary, but here's the deal. Cornerback group in Seattle with Tariq Woolen and, and Michael Jackson projected to man the outside. Artie Burns, groin, is still not logging full practices. Sidney Jones has been relegated to backup duties because of the way he's been playing. Woolen is going to be a starter. Currently stands as PFF's number 89 graded cornerback out of 103. Jackson, on the other side, Michael Jackson, is a 2019 fifth rounder, making his third career start ever. The secondary currently ranks number 30 in past DVOA defense. And so, yes, we like Mariota for tournaments this week. If you got him in seasonal, you got to play him, feel fine. Two QB leagues, great. Um, but yes, we're gonna play that. We're gonna play uh, our 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 new guy Drake London for sure. Gonna play him in seasonal and feel good about it. Like him more than Pitts, but Pitts certainly. I don't. Um, I'm not against him bouncing back. I think he will bounce back. I'm not sure it's this week. I'm just not. A, I'm not a, against him, but I think the path to victory lies through Drake London again. But certainly those guys are in play. The running game, Cordell Patterson. But I like Allgaier, actually, a little more. Allgaier was seeing the touches in week one before he, before some injuries occurred. So I'll take a chance seasonal or daily-wide for Allgaier, but I wouldn't play him in seasonal. Uh, Cordell Patterson, if you got him in seasonal, play him. DFS, I probably don't take a chance on him. But this should be a fun game. Seattle for their side. Geno, I don't think he can activate two receivers. He activated Lockett last week. I think it's Metcalf this week. Metcalf's in a great position. The run game, not so much. So whether it's, you know, Penny or, um, you know, uh, the rookie behind it, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I'm not buying too much of it this week. Pat the victory probably just lies in stretching it down the field. Um, they use multiple tight ends. So I wouldn't recommend one guy there. Uh, if you have Lockett and Seasonal, play them and feel fine. DFS, um, if you want to play them, play them and feel fine. But I'm going the route of Metcalf. Um, but I don't think that Seattle can win this game. I, I, if they were in Atlanta, because they are in Seattle, it's going to be closer. But I'm going to give it to Atlanta. It's going to be a tough one, but they're going to win it on the road. Seattle's going to make this a very, very close game. The crowd's going to be into it. If uh, if somehow Gino can activate two receivers, they might win, but I just don't see it happening. So I will go with Atlanta in what should be a hotly contested football game. Reload on the Sunday night. San Francisco, I keep hitting the mic boom. San Francisco going on the road to Denver. Hackett's still trying to figure it out. They're not going to win this game because he hasn't proven that he can manage a football game. So even if you have better players, you're probably going to lose. Now, as far as the game goes, San Francisco defense, uh, you're going to have to try to run the ball a little bit. Javante Williams, sure. He played for seasonal. <coughs> it's a Sunday night game, so I probably won't play it for DFS purposes. But for seasonal, you want to play Javante, that's fine. Melvin Gordon, I would probably sit him a little more. Uh, but as far as the wide receivers go, not sure if Jerry Judy's going to play. That would open things up for Sutton a little more. Hamlin's probably coming back. But again, San Francisco probably don't want to test them too much there. It's going to be a tough game for Denver. I actually don't think that they win that football game because, like I said, decision-making. But also, San Fran will be rolling with their boy Jimmy G now. So as far as the run game goes for San Fran, um, not so much. I think Debo can find some room, but the running back, Jeff Wilson Jr., 
Uh, maybe some goal line touches. They get him touchdowns, but I don't think he just runs wild all over the field all day. Um, but definitely him and Debo, that's the way to attack this. So if you want to stack this game, I would stack the two of them on the road, and they're going to win, and the defense will do its part is what I think. Passing game, not so much. Not sure if Kittle is going to play. Uh, but like I said, as far as stretching the field, I don't see that against Denver, so IU's probably out. Uh, but the but Samuel and Jeff Wilson Jr. should be plenty against this Denver team. And we reload for our final shot on the Monday. It's Dallas on the road going up against the Giants. 2-0 football Giants. They're going to be excited to play this game against their division rivals and kind of keep a leg up on them while Dak is out. But listen, Cooper Rush played pretty decently last week. They pulled off the victory against Cincinnati. Tougher on the road this week. But um, I think that there's a possibility for him to play decently again. Getting the ball to Lamb, I mean, probably less of a thing this week. Noah Brown, probably more of a thing. Lamb's going to get to see most of the secondary coverage that the Giants want to throw out there. They can even you know go man on him if they want to. So that does open up things a little bit more. For a Schultz, for a Noah Brown. The running backs, I, I would love to say they're going to be involved. I couldn't say one's going to be doing better than the other. I would probably lean more towards Zeke because of pass catching, though. That keeps you different, contrarian versus everybody on Pollard, too. But the Dallas defense is going to lead the way. The Giants, I don't think that they can win this game because of that. Saquon Barkley, um, I think running him is a smart thing. That's a way to go, and they should do that. He you know, may have a decent day. Season will play him and feel okay about it. But as far as Danny Dimes and those receivers go, too much to sort out, and Dallas is probably too good on that side of the football there. So I love the Dallas defense to lead the way. I don't think the Giants can win this game. Dallas wins that game. So don't get heavily invested in their offense because I'm not sure how much they'll have to do in a game that I'm pretty sure that they'll win on the backs of the defense. So... That's our reload for this week, guys. That's how I think that it's going to shake down. So hopefully that helps you guys make some stardom sit decisions, maybe some DFS decisions too. But that's uh, the reload that we have for you for the week. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. And we're on to our final segment, DFS. Let's bring it home, guys. Make the picks. We didn't really cover like all the picks extensively like we did last week in the intro because I had a lot less wrong this week. And so I'm not going to sit there and go, look what we did correctly. We don't need to do that, but we will bash ourselves for the wrong stuff. So if we look at DFS this week, I've got a couple of more wide receivers, um, I think, and maybe one or two more running backs. But it's not because of fear of choice but it's like this is logically what you have to do this week okay we're gonna win every week every week's different this is how you win this week quarterbacks for the cash games i'll give you two options you could pay up for stafford sixty five hundred dollars love it love it in a in a defense against arizona that's better against the run 
he's going to have to put up those points and they want to get ahead and force the Cardinals to have to keep up with them. So I like that. Or you could pay down with Derek Carr, $5,900. Uh, Jacobs feeling a little ill. Uh, so I'm suspecting. And Tennessee not great against the pass. Problems in the secondary as we went over. So should be a lock. For tournaments, I'm going to give you four options. You could pay up for Josh Allen, $8,200. Lock that in against Miami. Pat Mahomes, $7,900 against Indy. And then two at $6,100. We could take a chance there. And Mariota at $55 if you want to pay down. Those are your four tournament options. Why receivers for cash games? I, I'm going to stick to four, but I have to mention uh, six guys because these two are for particular purposes. The top two are Cup and Adams. Cup at $9,900 and Adams at $8,400. I mean, this is more of you know, full candor. I probably won't use them in my cash game, but if you want to pair them, with those quarterbacks of theirs that I recommend for the cash games. You could do that. So if you want to play Stafford and Cup, great. Carr and Adams, fine. It doesn't leave you a lot left to play with, but if you want to, it's fine, and you can make it work technically. Um, so I mentioned those two up top. But full candidness, again, dig, $7,700 cash games, and then Christian Kirk, $6,200. Um, Cooks, Brandon Cooks, $5,800, and then Curtis Samuel, $5,100. That's probably where I'm going to concentrate more of my efforts. Uh, and then as far as the uh, tournament wide receivers go, I've got a bunch of options for you, seven, eight options here, um, but all fairly well-priced. So Waddles, $6,800, uh, and then Metcalf, $6,100. We talked him up as well. So if you guys want to go that route, you can. Uh, Drake London, $5,800. Talked about the reasons why you should play him, and he will be low-owned. Mooney at $5,300. Uh, Robert Woods at five k, Dorch at $4,300. Collins at four k, And then uh, Matt Collins at $3,300. So you guys notice how all those are lower-priced guys. Not to say only play these guys in the tournaments. You can play cash game wide receivers. Supplement what your lineup is you know, is missing with those guys. But this week, particularly for tournaments, we got a lot of value with the lower guys down there. So if you want to use like Cup or Adams or something like that for the tournaments, you can, and then you just pay down with like Hollins or Collins or Dorch or Woods or some of those guys. Love those guys if you want to fit in a more expensive guy this week. Tight ends. Look, with the way the returns are coming, we got to keep it simple, y'all. For cash games, we're going to go $7,900 Kelsey and make it work. Or we're going to go Logan Thomas, $3,500. And I feel like more people will be trying to pay down. So I really implore you guys to figure out why you, how you can pay up, which is why I'm not using those really expensive wide receivers for the cash game this week so I can afford to pay up. We're going to be different and crush it. Tournaments, though, for tight ends, I'm going to give you five options here. We're just looking for touchdowns, right? But Waller, Darren Waller, $5,800 if you want. Don't mind that matchup um, going against Tennessee. But Kyle Pitts, $4,800. You could take a chance. I feel much better about Drake London. But if you want to, you could pair the two of them uh, with Mariota. It's inexpensive. So you could do them both if you want. That's fine. I'll probably end up doing that full candor. Tyler Higby, $4,500. A lot of usage, a lot of targets. So if you dig into that a little bit in any app you plan, it'll show you what I'm talking about. But... Love the opportunity for him to stay involved. Evan Ingram, $3,700. Jacksonville, again, going to be needed to keep up or try to keep up. Can't give all of the passes to Kirk. So him as a tournament, but Kirk is a cash game. You guys see where that's going? 
And then Hooper, $3,300 at the bottom. Austin Hooper, Tennessee. People forgetting about him. Guy has hands he can catch. I think the path to victory is easier for Tannehill this week. I didn't recommend Burks or Woods in cash game because I feel most confident about Hooper. But I do like Woods. If you want to play Burke, I'm not going to hate on you for that. There's Somebody's going to get off against this Raider team. I'm just taking a chance. It's going to be the vet over the rookie. And of the and of you know the two vets, Woods or Hooper, I would I would be more inclined to say Hooper. I just like Tannehill's check down king right there. Looking at what's right in front of his face. Moving on to running back. As far as the running backs go, got a couple options for you uh, for cash games five to be exact. Derrick Henry, eighty one hundred dollars. It's too good of a matchup. He could pay that off. Mixon at $7,600 below him. But then here's where it gets more reasonable. Fournette, $6,500. Montgomery for the Bears, $5,900. And then Damian Harris, $5,600 from New England. Everybody's going to be trying to play Damian Pierce from Houston. So we got to get different. That's how we get different. Now, on the GPP side of things, I've got six for you. Dalvin Cook, $7,900. Lock it in. Uh, we talked about Jones. I love Jones on Green Bay. So Aaron Jones, $7,400. James Robinson, $6,100. Tournament play for Jacksonville. Boston Scott, $4,700. Great price tournament play because, again, any one of those backs can get in Philly. Allgaier, $4,400. GPP play for Atlanta um, if you're not believing in Cordell Patterson like me. Um, but then also uh, GPP uh, or – oh, sorry, that was it. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, one more. Bolden, $4,300. Tournaments, $4,300. Okay. Defense. I'm, I've am i got three recommendations, but the one thing I'm going to tell you guys that I see missing on here is you could be interested in the Falcons. I don't have a problem with that. Maybe price-wise it didn't line up to me. I'll go and review, and I will post it everywhere if I make a change there. But three cash game ones, you could play the Chiefs at 3700 the Bucks at 3100 or the Texans. I'm sorry, or the Eagles at 2900 and then for the tournaments, you could play the Chargers at 3,900, the Rams at 3,400, or the Texans at 2,600. So that's how I'll shake that out. But guys, those are my picks for the week. Hopefully that helps us crush it again. Like I said, injury barring us last week. We were taking home good money. We're going right back to the well this week. Good luck to you guys in your games. You know how to reach me if you need me. We'll reconvene right back here next week. Talk about the good and the bad. Get ourselves ready for week four. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.